Well, welcome in to Subconscious Mind Mastery Podcast. Thomas Miller back with you, and I'm sitting here on a Saturday morning in November, and my heart is just full, just full of gratitude, kind of looking across things in my life. We're putting together this Soul Blueprint Weekend, number one. We've slid it a week from what we had originally talked about, but uh, we have a great group of people already uh, some of the insights that folks are getting from what we've put together uh, is already touching their lives and we haven't even talked to them about it yet so it's like all this preliminary uh, material that's going on these astrology readings that I've been doing have been incredible I'm sitting in my new vocal booth which is just an absolute dream and you know just Grateful, grateful for everything that's going on and grateful for you as well, because you're the reason we're doing it. So thank you for your continued listening and support and all the love that's being shared here with this podcast. I wanted to talk today about intuition, because this is one that I think is one of the main questions that we get. How do you tell your intuitive voice from your monkey mind? And I'll tell you that. And and also people have a hard time sometimes dialing in and finding that intuitive voice. So let's take just a bit of a step back on this for a second, because I've talked about this a number of times. We have a bunch of new listeners to the podcast, and welcome in to you. We are loving having you. Thanks for checking us out. So I'm going to give you my impressions of kind of how I think this whole thing works. And this is Thomas's opinion, non-double-blind studied, (laughs) non-MRI-tested opinions from the uh, playbook of life, let's say. So let's begin with the monkey mind. Okay, so what is that? Well, obviously, those are our conscious thoughts. Okay, but even stopping right there, what are those? Could you hold them in your hand? No. Yet we have what? Uh, Somebody, I think science says around 50, 60, 70,000 unique thoughts per day. Okay, I'm looking at my audio board. That mic level is set right. There's a thought that light is a little bit too high. I need to lower it, and I reach over and grab it. The iPad is off. You know, the waveform looks good on the recording. All right, blah, 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 all day long. Those are our conscious thoughts, but where do they come from? Ancient philosophers and right on up into the people that have have probably influenced modern psychology more than anybody, Carl Jung and and Sigmund Freud, etc., didn't have MRI technology. But here's what's amazing. Even with MRI technology, do you know that modern science does not conclusively understand where thoughts originate? No pun intended here, but did you ever think about that? (laughs) I mean, here we have 70,000 thoughts a day. Where do they come from? I found one article that was suggesting that it roots back to our our genetic DNA that literally is programmed in our auric field. So this author was suggesting that even as a protective mechanism, that the thoughts do not originate in the matter, the material, the physical material of our brain. They originate in the auric field that surrounds each one of us. Then they are sent into the brain, and once they enter the neuropathways, then we can pick them up. That is imageable. We now know about synapses and and neuropathways, etc. And, you know, even that is interesting because uh, science has identified, I think, around 200 neurochemicals, and yet we only work with a handful. 
medicine only knows how to isolate and reuptake and et cetera, about a dozen of them. But we have a pretty good understanding once they get into that system, into that network, into that very intricate network, we have a pretty good handle on what happens then. But we don't know where they originate. So I like this idea of thinking that maybe they originate. The very first genesis of thought takes place in our auric field, which is imprinted with our subconscious and our DNA conscious elements. You know, in astrology, there's an interesting question. What about twins? They have identical birth charts, basically, especially if they were born within 10 minutes of each other. And yet they are two completely different souls. How is that? It's the aura. It is that energetic field that is comprised of our unique DNA. And even identical twins, it's completely different. So from that genetic composition comes your subconscious. That includes all your past experiences prior to this lifetime. And it is indeed a code. Now, this is where I think it gets interesting because I think that that splits into uh, two forms, if you will. One is obviously the conscious form. That directs the, what time is it? It's 10 a.m. Do I need a jacket today? No. Or let's go in a little further into the DNA field and suggest uh, maybe I don't have the confidence for this job interview. And that becomes a conscious thought In other words, as we would call it, the monkey mind. But rather than just answering or responding to an obvious physical um, external question, what time is it, that thought is combining programming from the DNA. In other words, it now we're getting into our subconscious programming. What time is it usually doesn't trigger past life stuff, right? But this job interview that I don't feel that I'm adequate for and I really think I'm going to choke when I go to the interview combines the fears and the past failures and all of that programming that is locked in what we call the subconscious mind. Does that make sense? I mean, I like that theory. Or you can suspect that maybe conscious thoughts, our monkey mind thoughts, originate in some form of our brain matter that science hasn't found yet. Just from an evolutionary perspective, I like this theory because it suggests that as long as those thoughts originate in that auric field, that it, in essence, is the body protecting itself. Because if there was a brain injury that theoretically could shut down that point of origin, that at least the thoughts would still come. Now, if the neuropathway is damaged, then there's a breakdown. That's Alzheimer's, right? It's a breakdown in the neuropathway, but the thoughts are still originating. And if you've worked with anybody with Alzheimer's, you know that's true. The thoughts are still there. They just don't go through. Where did they come from? Why wasn't that circuitry broken by the same disease or by the same influences? Obviously, I'm not a physician, but by the same influences that caused the Alzheimer's or caused the dementia, why did that not stop the original thoughts from flowing. So then as we break this into two segments, we have our conscious thoughts that respond to the stimuli around us. That's the 70-some thousand. And then the other piece of that is the unconscious or subconscious intuitive part of us. Again, if we carry through that theme of 
auric origination, wouldn't that make sense? And, you know, really, we're no different than the ancient philosophers on this because we don't have the, the science or the technology to know. But what if one of those pathways goes into more of the finite uh, surroundings-based part of our brain and maybe the other is part of a more infinite part of our brain? I don't know. I'm speculating here. Maybe we could um, get in our Facebook group and, and have a little chat about this. I'd love your thoughts on it. But nonetheless, I think they still come to our consciousness as a dominant voice and a still small voice. The intuitive voice, the subconscious voice, is just softer. And the monkey mind, or I love as Oren Clough in uh, his book How to Pitch Anything calls it the croc brain. The croc brain is that reptilian survival instinct. So it, I love what he says. He says our croc brain, that reptilian instinct of survival, wants to know, do I need to eat this, mate with it, or kill it? <laughs> That's about, you know, everything we take in. Is it safe? Do I need to eat it? Do I need to kill it? Or do I need to mate with it and make more of it? And see, just in looking at the, um, I mean, doing the astrology readings that I'm doing is like, you see the duality of everything. So if these are originating from infinite, an infinite source field that is programmed with our code, if you will, and the still small voice is trying to prompt us along our spiritual soul path, but the croc brain is saying, no, 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 and the croc brain is the louder alpha dog on the block, it's going to fight for territory, and it's very vocal. No, 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 you can't do that. And, you know, whether it's coming from um, an auric field or whether it's coming from brain matter, they're both on the same team, aren't they? One has infinite awareness and knowledge. One has finite awareness and knowledge. Now, another, I think, another thing that contributes to this is our quietness and our stillness uh, amplifies the volume of the subconscious infinite voice. And busyness and commotion around us will squash that, and the crock brain, the finite voice, takes over. If you look for a, if you look at a common theme in people's lives who are driven or guided by their intuition, you will find a common theme of quietness in their life. They do a really good job of toning down the noise around them. And even if they have busy lifestyles, I mean, think about the Dalai Lama. There's somebody whose schedule is laid out from dusk till dawn, yet still has the time built into that schedule for that grounded meditation. That's why the kundalini is so effective with this, because it's meditative while the body is moving. Have you ever said, I just can't sit and meditate? My brain just keeps going and blah, 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 blah. Well, kundalini gives you that um, meditative state but with the body moving in a proper way to help perpetuate those intuitive thoughts, to literally unlock them from the spine. Heck, maybe that's where thoughts originate, is in the spinal column. So if you would like that little kundalini package that I've been giving away and have not gotten yours yet, email me to thomas at subconsciousmindmastery.com and just put kundalini or yoga, and I'll be happy to shoot you the little morning exercise that uh, Hemet put together, and then also the Yogi Tea recipe. 
Yogi Chai Tea, and also a Spotify playlist that you can play along of songs that I've put together that I think are higher energy songs. And if you uh, follow me around very long now, you'll hear all this chanting music around. <laughs> it's like, because it's the same thing. It helps perpetuate, I think, that closer connection. Another one would be substances. Uh, Hemet and I have had this conversation, particularly around alcohol, also pot. And I say that with no judgment. I mean, uh, you know, I lived in a state where marijuana was legal and have no problem with it. It's just how does it affect us? What does it do to your spiritual radar? Well, it's like throwing a cover over it. It dumbs it down. It numbs it up. How much? And is that relative? I don't know. I mean, those are things to explore. And I think it would be different for different people. When I'm doing these astrology readings, I think there's a real intuitive connection with the chart. That's what I go for. And I kind of wait to do the reading until I have that with that chart. And I firmly believe that if I consumed alcohol on a regular basis, that would be affected. So I think we've at least effectively established a decent theory that thoughts are perhaps formulated in a field that is connected to the non-physical realm. So the next part of this is to determine when it is that thought, right, versus monkey mind thought. I love my little example. When I first went to Aspen and I was on the ski slope, and uh, very neophyte as far as any kind of decent ski gear or anything. And I was going to take my phone out of my jacket and take a picture. And just as I was reaching in to get the unzip the jacket pocket, I heard this don't. That was that voice. I did it anyway. There's some advanced spiritual progress for you, right? Argue against it. See, and that's what we do. We argue against it. And if you remember the story, I didn't drop the phone. I dropped my glove, and I had to ski down in there and get it. And uh, and I couldn't ski that kind of terrain at that time. So I had to actually take the skis off and crawl under the ski lift with a lot of locals chuckling at me that Sunday afternoon in November. That was a lesson remembered. But we do. We argue with our intuitive prompts. We get them, and then we argue with them. That's what the crock brain does. Why? because it only sees the finite perspective. It doesn't see the infinite perspective. The crock brain doesn't see that you're going to drop your glove. The crock brain just says, oh, you can hold on tightly to the phone. Just be careful. Finite world, infinite world. Um, The story of that plane crash, uh, the TWA 800 plane crash, two families came and met at JFK, one of the two Families, wives said, no way am I getting on that plane. And I'm sure as she and her husband were sitting in the waiting area for the next flight, he probably fuming, she wondering what the rest of the story was, and their friends went ahead and got on flight TWA 800 and crashed into the ocean. And then as everybody, as the commotion picked up in the airport and they started asking what happened, there's been a plane crash, and I'm sure that there was a lump in both of their throats. Infinite perception, finite perception. So I think there are a couple of clues. How do we recognize? One is it's going to be a stiller, smaller voice. Now, I got to say, that little don't that I got on the ski slope that day was not still small voice. That was a, that was a, you know, that was a loud don't. And that sometimes will happen. How do you tell the difference? Are you starting to argue with it? Because I think that's one key that the still small voice doesn't do. It doesn't argue. It just suggests. 
I also like Malcolm Gladwell's blink. I just think that's a great way. What a great way to put it. It's the very first thought before conscious thought. Think of it like a mist. It just appears and then it's it's gone. Because as soon as you start taking it up to the realm of the conscious thought, the subconscious, the infinite, the intuitive prompt is gone. It always will take back seat. Never mind. That's what you want to do. Go argue away from it. I was trying to look around the corner for you, but that's okay. Go ahead. And you know, that gets back to life lessons too. Because the quicker we can learn to go with the intuitive prompt, the closer we're getting to our spiritual path. That keeps us heading in the right directions. We don't know the answers. We follow it anyway, and eventually things work out, and we look back and we go, ah, wow. That's why I'm standing in this sound booth recording this today is because I followed an intuitive prompt. Where is this leading? I have no idea. Majana has been working on these digital courses. Why? From an intuitive prompt. And by the way, she has put together a great pendulum course that she's going to be doing December 3rd, 2019. Now, if you're listening to this in the future, but go to soulfoodtalks.com. That's a new website that I'd like to introduce to you. We're going to be moving all of our kind of our products and free things and downloads and all that. We've got a great platform now set up to distribute that effectively. So go to soulfoodtalks.com. If the course is open or if it's going to be in the future, you'll see the dates there for it. She's going to do it more than once, but this is the uh, inaugural launch will be December 3rd, 2019. And you can sign up for it there. So just go to soulfoodtalks.com, scroll down a little ways, and uh, you'll see the pendulum course right there. That came from an intuitive prompt. After I uh, got this sound booth, as we were moving it, getting it over here and starting to set it up, I got a little prompt. Hey, share this with your audience. And that led to a GoFundMe campaign. So in the show notes will be a GoFundMe link. That is our invitation to just join in with us in this massive expansion that we are doing in our work to just help take a little bit of that financial edge off of this exciting and expensive expansion that we did. And, you know, we're not hard selling it. It's there. We'd love for you to participate. Thank you to those of you who have. And it's something that in your heart, it really, you know, the universe just said set it up. Okay, so I'm just putting it out there. And it's one of those things that if you get a benefit from this, circulate the energy. I mean, the downloads that are coming of this podcast, if everybody who downloaded just gave um, not much, <laughs> it would be a, you know plenty to fund this thing. But it's like not many people will because we just don't circulate the energy like that. But, you know, I would suggest clicking on the link just for yourself. I'd love for you to do it to be a partner with us. And I'm going to ask you in the response to send a little selfie because I'm going to put a collage of everybody together on a framed picture and hang it in the room here so that whenever I come in here and go in the booth, I'm going to look at all of you who have supported this. And there will be some other patron-type benefits down the road as well. So it's a way to jump into the inner circle with us for sure. I mean, there's no closer thing to my heart than a great-sounding vocal booth. And with your picture right on the collage as I'm walking into it, are you kidding? Are you not in the inner circle? But the thing is, is do it for yourself. Circulate the energy for yourself and then see what the universe doesn't give back. But you know what? Do it based on intuition. If there's nothing there and it's totally flat, it's not for you. 
But if you get that little prompt and you go, you know what, I ought to chunk a little bit in that fishbowl, sure. Well, then just click on the link and do it. In fact, that right there to answer this whole question is a great example. If you felt nothing, do nothing. If you felt a prompt, but you're too busy or you don't have time or you forget about it or blah, 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 there you go. Intuition was knocking. So what are you going to do? And literally, guys, that's how I live my life now is uh, I worked that out up there in Aspen, learning what that voice was and how to follow it. And that's why I'm back in Dallas, and that's why Majana and I are together, and that's why we now have three podcasts, and that's why I'm doing a new audio book, and that's why I have this booth, and that's why this whole thing is expanding. We're getting into courses. We're getting ready to take this out literally around the world. Why? All from intuitive prompts. But you have to learn to recognize them and follow them. So just use, let's use this one as an example. Did you feel anything around Supporting Thomas and Manjana's vocal booth. If you did, you need to jump on it. Take an action. If you did not, go back to that original feeling when I mentioned it and recognize that as a no. So what you want to do is distinguish the feeling. Did that feel like a yes, I need to do this? Or did that feel like a no, I need to not do that? Not Remember the blink. Don't go back to the mental processing. See, that's the key. What was your blink? Follow the blink. And then do that over and over and over until it becomes a repetitious habit. 30 days to change a habit. I've told you how I did it on the hiking trails. I would go out there and I would say, okay, subconscious mind, talk to me until I get to the bend of that trail right up there. Now, I'm in a calm, quiet environment. The voice would come quickly, but I would start the monkey mind. And I would say, oh, hold on. And I would ask my conscious mind to stand down and please acknowledge and allow the other voice. Okay, okay, yeah, right, right, right. Okay, and then I would start walking again, and here it would come again. I said, wait a minute, stop. Literally, I would stop in the middle of the hiking trail, and I would talk to myself and get agreement again. Okay, here we go. And then it would make it all the way. I wouldn't have the conscious mind going. And whatever the subconscious said, I had my phone, and I would usually put it in my notes program, and when I got back, I would take actions based on those things. So that really is the process. You get the blink, you don't argue with it, you take action. Rinse and repeat. So use this little vocal booth project as uh, a trigger. Did you get a prompt? Go ahead and act on it if you did. I would love to have you as a partner in this anyway, but mostly I would really like for you to learn to follow your intuition. So use that as a little test. And for those of you who have already contributed, thank you, thank you, thank you. I so appreciate it. All right, hope that helps. It is the key to living this kind of life. So work on it. And let's start a uh, discussion on this in the Facebook group, Subconscious Mind Mastery Podcast Listeners in Facebook. And check out Majana's podcast, Life After Life. And she has a great Facebook group with a lot of interactive comments going on in there as well. And if you're into astrology and want a little fun, quick daily astrology podcast, Fun Astrology, I'm doing that Monday through Sunday most days, certainly Monday through Friday, and I'd love to see you over there as well. All right. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Thomas Miller from the new vocal booth. (laughs) Enjoy the journey. The opinions on this podcast are those of the host based on personal experience only and are not intended as medical or psychological advice. 
If you are experiencing symptoms that require professional treatment, please contact a licensed medical practitioner. The stories and opinions expressed on this podcast are independently those of the host and guests and are not intended to be taken as medical advice or to replace medical care from a licensed professional when appropriate.